0: Could you meet me in your bibles in the book of proverbs chapter 9 right in the middle of the bible proverbs chapter 9 and if you can find that open your Bibles, scroll over to proverbs chapter 9 having your bibles open there will serve you well here over the course of the next few minutes thank you for being here on a very chilly evening tonight appreciate your interest in spiritual things your desire to honor god to learn a little bit more from His Word. I would love just to reflect on a few very simple, not hard to understand ideas whatsoever, but vitally important ideas for all of us. You know, there are are certain things in life that are just inevitable. Uh, We hear about death and taxes being inevitable. Certainly those are not the only things. There are certain laws just built into this created universe that are inevitable. There, there isn't a one of us that is worried in any way, shape, or form about just floating out of the pew this evening because gravity stopped working. We, we were able to tell exactly what minute of the day the sun was going to rise, if, even if we couldn't see it all that clearly, and we know exactly when in this part of the world is the sun is going to set, you're already hearing about down to the second in April of this year, when the sun will be completely eclipsed, and People are already selling parking in their front yards for people who want to come and see that in in our part of the world. There are certain things that we understand that that just are, whether we choose to acknowledge them or not. And what I would like to spend a few minutes talking with you about this evening is, is inevitable. You live life under the sun. God grants you time this week, this month, this year, and this is going to be a part of life. And if that is the case, then wisdom thinks ahead. Wisdom formulates a plan. And i really encourage you to think with me this evening. Do... I have a plan, and what is that plan? And if I do not have a plan, what is going to be my plan when temptation comes? We'll be in Proverbs chapter 9 in just a moment. The the counsel all over the Bible in the form of commandments and examples and warnings galore is to flee. When it comes to temptation run. It's put most succinctly in the context of, of sexual temptation in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 where the Spirit of God, Through the Apostle Paul delivers the the most straightforward of commandments when it comes to how we look at this sword of temptation. Flee is the commandment. Uh, We've got real life examples of young men like Joseph who show us the wisdom in that. Sometimes the bravest wisest thing to do in the face of very serious temptation is to turn your back and run. And I would love to use that first word in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 as an acronym this evening. It's not an acronym that is unique to me. Someone taught it to me years ago and I would love just to build some verses using that four-letter acronym FLEE to recommend to you here still very much at the beginning of this year a four-part plan built on this acronym for the war against temptation and the first letter in that acronym is F fill yourself with wisdom what's your plan for your next encounter with temptation do you have a plan and if you don't If you wait until temptation is right there in front of you, over and over and over again, from Genesis to Revelation we are shown, human experience surely shows us if we wait to think about who we are or whose we are or how we're going to live or how we're going to make decisions, we will be absolutely devoured. It pays... Ahead of time, to have a plan. And this is where Proverbs 9 would have us to begin. Two women are beckoning us, inviting us, in Proverbs chapter 9. We could call the first one Lady Folly. You see, if your Bible is open there, verse 13, she is personified as a woman. The woman folly or foolishness, the the foolish path, the woman folly. Proverbs chapter nine verse thirteen is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by. Notice she is calling. She is inviting. Verse sixteen. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Notice her invitation. You don't have to do a whole lot of thinking. You most certainly don't have to do a whole lot of denying of yourself. Just take whatever it is that you want to take. And I promise you, Lady Folly says, it's going to be sweet. It doesn't belong to you. You don't have any right to it. But go ahead and take it and it's going to be a pleasant experience. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant you can take what you have no right to you can enjoy what is forbidden you can ignore the warnings you can partake of whatever it is that you want to partake of and it will all be a secret there are two women Beckoning us in Proverbs chapter 9. The first is lady folly, the second is lady wisdom. You see there in verse 1, wisdom also personified. Wisdom and folly. Wisdom in verse 1 has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her bees. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. You get the idea here. People are traveling through town, and there are all sorts of voices around us. On one side, high up, is Lady Folly. On the other side, high up, is Lady Wisdom. And Lady Wisdom in verse 4 says, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and live, and walk in the way of insight. Notice the fundamental differences between the calls. Lady folly, just take whatever you want. You'll be able to keep it a secret, it will be pleasant, you will enjoy it, there will be no regrets whatsoever. Lady Wisdom, on the other hand, is calling us to leave certain things behind. Leave behind impulsive living. Leave behind living without thinking. And if you will leave that behind, that is the path to life. You and I stand at this fork in the road even as people have now for 3,000 years since these wise statements were written and we've got a choice to make. Who is telling me the truth? Is life real, abundant life, life the way that it was meant to be down this path of taking what doesn't belong to me, seeking to keep secret what I know I ought to be ashamed of, Is that the path of life, just gratifying myself, or is the path Leaving behind my own insight, being willing to listen to someone greater than myself, walking in the way of insight as defined by my Creator. And speaking of our Creator, He's already outlined for us, revealed the outcome of both options. If you listen to Lady Folly, this really is what. Proverbs 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and and many individual statements beyond is all about. In the language of Proverbs 5 verses 3 and 4 the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil but in the end. Wisdom doesn't just think about the moment wisdom doesn't just think about today wisdom thinks about the end wisdom thinks from the beginning of the path where does this path end up if i travel this path Where will this path end? And that's a valuable question, a life-saving question to ask because in the end, listening, for instance, to Lady Folly is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. That is not the way to life, whereas Lady Wisdom The very Son of God Himself in Luke chapter 7 verse 35 said, Listen, wisdom is justified. Wisdom is vindicated. Look around at the children of wisdom. Look around at the offspring of wisdom. Look at where walking in the ways of wisdom ultimately leads. What's your plan? For the next time, temptation comes knocking. Do you have a plan? Could I recommend, number one, fill yourself with wisdom. We're all off to a good start with open Bibles this evening. Let's press on a little more. Go with me to Proverbs Chapter 7, if we were to use the second letter in this FLEA acronym, here's one way we could use it. Lock out the lies. F, fill yourself with wisdom. Decide right now who you're going to listen to. Number two, there are lies that you have to lock out look with me in proverbs chapter 7 where god exposes some of temptations most fundamental lies. In Proverbs chapter 7, we've got, beginning in verse 10, a woman who meets this simple-minded man. You remember earlier in Proverbs chapter 9, wisdom was calling, leave behind your simple ways. Well, here in Proverbs chapter 7, this is a simple-minded young man who isn't thinking about the path that he's on. And in verse 10, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Sounds a lot like Lady Folly in Proverbs chapter 9. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner, she lies in wait. Already we get the idea this probably isn't the best guide for living with wisdom. She seizes this simple-minded young man. She kisses him, and with bold face, she lies to him. Let's listen to her lies. Because one of the things that God is doing in Proverbs chapter 7 is exposing some of temptation's most fundamental lies. I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. I'm all paid up. I've emptied my sin bucket I'm good to go now I've got plenty of room to fill it back up I've come out to meet you to seek you eagerly and I have found you you are special temptation lies to us you are unique no one has ever been tempted like this before no one understands you are special because you deserve this verse 16 i have spread my couch with coverings colored linens from egyptian linen i've perfumed my bed with myrrh aloes and cinnamon come let us take our fill of love till morning all that you're going to be filled up with is love and whatever happens tonight is just going to be a pleasant secret no one will know let us delight ourselves with love. This is the direction of the good life. For my husband he's not at home he's gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him at full moon. He will come home. We've got plenty of time. There's nothing to worry about. Verse 21 with much seductive speech she persuades him. With her smooth talk she compels him all at once. He follows her. What's your plan for your next encounter with temptation? Do you have a plan? And if you don't, could I humbly suggest to you that you're going to do exactly what this young man does? All at once, no plan. He follows her. He follows her like an ox that is going to the slaughter or as a a stag is is caught fast in a, a, a trap till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. Solomon moves on from there to say, my my sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. What's he encouraging? You need a plan. I'm not just talking about some hypothetical fairy tale sort of scenario that doesn't have anything to do with real life. This is life. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim has she laid low. And all her slain are a mighty throne. Her house is the way to shield. To the grave. To death. Going down to the chambers of death. Lock out the lies. How Desperately, we need to develop that spiritual sensitivity to be able to detect and name and believe and live like I am being lied to in this moment. I have been born into a world at war. And my soul is one of the very real prizes on the battlefield in the midst of the great struggle of this war. The adversary of my creator knows... Where he is headed. He knows that hell has been prepared for him. And for his angels. And what he wants. The only thing that he wants. Is to bring as many people created in the image of God with him. If I don't live with that awareness. If I lower my guard. And just swallow the lies around me. This is the path. This is where the path leads. In light of those lies, the path defined by wisdom is straightforward. Stay away from that. Keep your way far from her. Don't go near the door of her house. So here, in the middle, mid part of this simple message, could I encourage you to ask When am I hearing? I mean, really, let's make this as personal and practical as we possibly can. When am I hearing? When are you hearing the seductive speech of temptation? Where are you hearing the seductive speech of temptation? What's your plan? For the next time it comes knocking. Do you have a plan? Could I recommend this simple acronym? Fill yourself with wisdom. Let's decide right here and right now who we're going to listen to. Let's lock out the lies. And number three, let's exchange the lies for truth. I told you it was simple. It's not hard to understand. Let's open our Bibles back to Ephesians chapter 4 in our New Testaments. Lock out the lies and exchange the lies for truth. Here's why. Would you begin reading with me in Ephesians chapter 4 and the 17th verse of the chapter where Paul is led by the Holy Spirit to write, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. You know another way of putting that? There are a whole lot of people listening to Lady Folly. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you got to stop doing that. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up. Sounds like that naive young man, right? Who all at once gives himself up they've given themselves up to sensuality greedy to practice every kind of impurity could i encourage you to really pay attention with me to verses 20 and 21 i'll be honest with you i i don't know how many times i've i've read this passage i've taught this passage i've i've preached this passage and for some reason until this week i i haven't really slowed down and thought about right in the middle of all of this bad news in Ephesians 4, it starts around verse 17. I mean, it goes all the way into verse 25. we got to put away falsehood. Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. We're members of one another. Be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, verse 30. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. There are warnings all over Ephesians 4. But you know what Paul does right in the middle of those warnings? Read it with me in verses 20 and 21. That is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in in him, listen to this last phrase, as the truth is in Jesus. You ever notice that before? All over Ephesians chapter 4 what we're being shown is lies. The fruit of lies. You you live in a world the Holy Spirit leads Paul to say that is just swimming and drowning in lies. But you want to You want to have victory over the lies? You you want to have victory over temptation? You, You want to share in the victory that comes through walking in the way of wisdom? God doesn't just tell us about all of the lies. He shows us exactly where the truth is. The truth is in Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, if we close our Bibles this evening... And we don't read and we don't pray and we don't challenge each other to grow. We don't encourage and exhort each other to love and good works. If if we close our Bibles this evening and we don't have anything on our spiritual radar till Wednesday evening or next Sunday morning. I am not equipped and you are not strong enough to swim in a world of lies for the next few weeks next few days and ignore where the truth is. In a world full of lies carry with you the truth this week. How amazing that it's not just a collection of words but it's a, a person. The truth is in Jesus and it calls for a response. Could I, I just fly rapid fire through this? The, the, the sort of lies that we need to exchange for truth. God is not stingy. This is the note on which Jimmy opened our entire assembly this evening. God is good. We heard it in Psalm 100. This is how Moses puts it in Deuteronomy 10. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today for your good. Fill your heart with wisdom. For your own good. Lock out the lies for your own good. Exchange the lies for truth for your own good. Exchange these lies that sinful pleasures are, are going to be able to be controlled and held on to as, as long as I want to. No, the truth is sinful pleasures are fleeting. God uses the example of Moses to show us that in Hebrews chapter 11. A man who was willing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. The pleasures don't last. The pleasures don't deliver. The pleasures are not worth the cost. People are not objects for my imaginary or literal physical gratification. People are image bearers of God. Don't allow the destroyer of souls... To lead you into treating other people created in the image of God around you as mere objects for your gratification. That's what it looks like to live as a child of the devil. Sin is never completely private. Listen to David. He believed that lie. And had to come face to face with this truth. God against you and you only have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words. The words you told me a long time ago for my own good. And I ignored them to my own harm. But God I can't blame you. I'm the one who chose to follow the leading of Lady Folly. God's amazing grace does not abound so that I can just keep sinning. By no means, Paul says in Romans chapter 6. We are those who have died to sin. We can't live in that. I, you can control your own body. There are plenty of people in 2024 who will tell you, no, you can't. You are a slave to whatever is going on inside of you. And there will be all sorts of human theories and so-called human experts that will tell you, well, it's just inevitable. You can't help it. You might as well just surrender to whatever it is most comes naturally to you. Could I encourage you to listen to the creator and designer? This is how he talks to us. This is his will. Our sanctification that we would abstain. We would choose no sexual immorality. That each one of us would learn how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who don't know God that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, God has not called you for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man but God. The God who always provides a way of escape. There are certain things in life that are just inevitable. Temptation is one of them. You live this week. You're going to be tempted. What's your plan? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. You you know what that sounds like? It sounds like I need to let God define the plan that would be for my own good. Even if it's hard to follow the plan. Because it involves me making the tough choice to deny myself. But I've got to do that because my creator and designer and upholder has told me in no uncertain terms, if I refuse to do that, it's going to take a toll on my heart. Take care, brothers. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness we are being lied to by sin. And yet, my past doesn't have to define my future. Praise God for passages like 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 and 10. Here's the unvarnished truth that the unrighteous aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Lock out the lies. Listen to wisdom. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But my past doesn't have to define my future. Such were some of you in Corinth. But they were washed, they were sanctified, they were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What's your plan for your next encounter with temptation? Could I add one more? Would you open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John? John chapter 3. Fill yourself with wisdom. Lock out the lies. Exchange the lies for truth. And expose yourself consistently to the light. Why? Because sin always encourages us to hide. Hide in the dark. It's as old as the Garden of Eden. We had a sobering talk on Friday evening. Our, our young couples group appreciated Darren and, and Christy Stockton joining Shelly and I with a great group of about 20 married, engaged young couples right here in, in the life of our own church family. And we, we talked about the very real Danger of getting comfortable with hiding things from your spouse. Passwords that my spouse doesn't have. Email addresses that my spouse doesn't even know I I have. Instant defensiveness when my spouse asks if they can use my phone to make a phone call. Ever since the days of the Garden of Eden. Sin has encouraged us to hide in the darkness. This is the judgment. John chapter 3 verse 19 tells us. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light. Because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his works should be exposed. But if we have learned anything, surely from our time in God's good word this evening, if we've been listening, we have heard, there is nowhere to hide. Hebrews 4 summarizes it this way, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And that is a terrifying thought. And we ought to be terrified by that. But we ought also to have hearts that are thrilled by such amazing news that the God who is light in the glory of His grace continues even this evening to invite us into the light. He used men like John in First John chapter one, verse five. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you: that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If if we say we have fellowship, relationship with Him, while we do, while we walk in darkness, we've opened the doors to the lies. We've breathed and eaten and drunk the lies we're living a lie we're not practicing the truth but he continues to invite us into the light if we'll walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood listen to this the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin in fact that, that's the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the liar the father of lies God invites us to tell the truth to call what he calls sin sin to call what he calls unrighteous unrighteous to call what he says is out-of-bounds Out of bounds. Nothing brings sin into the light. Like calling sin what God calls sin. For our own good. He says therefore. Confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another. That you may be healed. Believing lies hurts us. Believing lies kills us. Believing lies will cost us everything. But the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I'd really encourage you this evening here still in very much the beginning of the year to ask yourself what's what's my plan for my next encounter with temptation? Do I have a plan? could I recommend carrying with you this simple four-letter acronym built on that powerful word we started with, flee. Fill yourself with wisdom. Lock out the lies. Exchange the lies for truth. And expose yourself consistently to the light. We're going to stand and sing an invitation song encouraging you Really on the basis of the song that we sung just before the sermon. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Can we take it to the Lord in prayer on your behalf this evening? Or do you need for the very first time to come to Jesus confessing your desperate need for him, confessing your belief that he is the Son of God, and, and your willingness to turn your back on the lies and the filth of sin and to be joined with him in covenant relationship by baptism for the forgiveness of your sins so that you can walk out of here saying, I'm just like those people in 1 Corinthians 6 I was a mess. I was a mess but I've been washed and sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus by his precious blood. If we can help you in any way this evening, would you let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stand and sing together.